take them home. I mean, we feel quite privileged now that they're in the middle of the Cocktail Mafia. Will you take them home and just like, literally just have them on the sofa? My favourite songs, I would learn to lip sync to the, my favourite songs. The line is, by my age, my parents had a house and my parents had a family. And to be fair to me, so do I, but it is the same house and it's the same family. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's been like picked up by like Lad Bible and things like yeah. that. And I'm being so like... I've seen it. Yeah, I've been like tagged in things where there's jokes on the list. It's like the third best <laughs> gag in the world is technically well, that's what was sold to me. Their best gag on the planet. So, can you see here? That's a blank bit of paper, isn't it? But there is a message. I can just about see the message. I think. Oh, that's ruined. Well, no, but I, I think I know what you're going to do. Let me tell you this. I'd be busting it best. Here's the things that's happened on Summer Refreshed. Summer Refreshed. So it is summer refreshed. We are out and about on the road. And when we say on the road, I'm literally not over the, the road. Not on the M6. Uh, from my house, yeah. <laughs> now, this is really strange because it's Johnny and Mr. Graham Smith here. It's our fringe special from the Cocktail Mafia in the West End. I mean, I don't really want to spoil the magic, but this is the first time we've actually done a podcast in the same room, despite yeah. this being the fourth episode. Yeah, normally we're remote, aren't we? I haven't actually seen you in person for about two years. No. I just realised the other day, it's been two years. Well, it's the best place to meet after two years in a bar, isn't it? Yeah, especially when uh, the tab's on you. I'm always a big fan of that. Yes, Mr. Tab is how I'm known. Uh, you've got a beer there, haven't you? Are you opening live? Oh yeah, or? I'm going to open, open the live beer. Uh, just for the record, 1.17pm. I'm opening this next year this, and I'm terrified. This could go all over everywhere here. <laughs> yeah. Hamilton moment. <laughs> oh, that's okay. There we go. Very nice. Lovely. Right, we're ready to roll. And we welcome Hannah Furweather to the podcast. <laughs> Hannah, how oh, are pleasure. you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm I'm ready for the festival to be over in the nicest possible <laughs> way, but I'm good. So how many shows have you done then, Hannah, so far? I think there's 24 all up and I've got two left, so... Mass 22. <laughs> it all wraps up this weekend, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Mm. How are you feeling about that? Good. I mean, I, I've been really, really happy with the show. I really enjoyed doing it, but it gets to a point saying the same words every day at the same time. You, you feel a bit insane. So yeah. I'm, I'm ready to have a break. From yeah, it. I can imagine. I can imagine. But it's been really good. You've had um, some real success. Like, you've been in The Guardian and stuff recently, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, yes, I have. Um, Huge success, to be fair. Honestly, awards left, right, and centre. Yeah. Oh, that's very kind. Yes, I was, I was in The Guardian. There was a uh, Rachel Healy, a brilliant journalist, did a, did a piece on cancel culture, and I waded into that fun debate. <laughs> yeah, tell us a bit about this. <laughs> I talk about it a bit in my show. I kind of talk about how I think that this particular brand of comedy that I don't think is really comedy is um, is really rewarded, and I don't think that these guys actually get cancelled. I think their, their career goes from strength to strength when they do this, and I talk about that a bit in my show, and uh, Rachel interviewed a few of us who kind of disagree with the, the Jerry's of the world, mm-hmm. and there's been some fun responses so far, but... <laughs> Yeah, what, what was this about a, a podcast where people were a bit rude about you? Well, uh, where do I start with these guys? Go on. Uh, <laughs> how, long, how long have you got? Exactly. In the, beginning. In the article, I don't name a podcast, mm-hmm. but a, a particular podcast has taken it very personally and they've um, come back with some um, personal insults and uh, in the form of slurs, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I kind of, I, I disagree with what they say um, in, in terms of their their idea that like you can't say anything anymore in comedy, I think I think you very much can say mm-hmm. whatever you want, but they just want to kind of say 
really bad things mm-hmm. and get away with it rather than be funny. And you mentioned, so in your stand-up show, Hannah, you, there's a little piece where you go, the irony is that you can listen to someone for a couple of hours on a podcast. We're obviously like a total different podcast to, to those guys. <laughs> no, we're, actually, we're really right-wing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nigel Farage is on next, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just in the wings. Though. And you were sort of saying at the end of the day, you can listen to someone for a couple of hours but then at the end of it they complain that they don't have a voice <laughs> yes exactly and they'll spend hours talking about how they've been silenced and I think it's yeah it's mad it's always the people that claim that they have no platform have no industry support they've got big agents they've yeah. got a lot of followers on the internet they, they, yeah. they'll have millions of streams and they'll be talking about how they're not allowed to talk and that their voices aren't being heard but they're, they're pretty loud voices yeah. I would say yeah I mean we're talking like Ricky Gervais let's just throw him in there like did you you've seen the recent um, the recent thing was it was Netflix have, special yeah. like why does Ricky Gervais keep going back to two things that always get up my nose let's make jokes about people with HIV which has always been a sort of bread and butter thing for Ricky mm. Gervais and more recently it's let's just be really horrible about trans people yeah I'm, it's so disappointing I used to be such a Ricky Gervais fan Same. when I was younger like I, a big fan of The Office and like just the way that he's gone it's just so disappointing it's like I think these Ricky Gervais and these type of kind of contrarian guys know exactly what they're doing they know that they're tapping into a big market they know like they're businessmen more than mm. anything and they know that there's like hate in these groups of people that they can tap into and earn money from and I don't even know if he believes I don't think he's saying I I just don't even understand as well like when you're in the position that he's in and he 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 can talk about anything he wants Mm -hmm. and that was kind of what was good about him at the beginning like he talked about like science and like his early shows were like he was just like I've kind of picked a topic and I've done some research and now it's like he's honed in Mm -hmm. on like just attacking a group of people for no reason yeah. other than just, just like, to kind of make money yeah and yeah. be in headlines yeah exactly yeah. but it's yeah. just like why why is that so the, the hill you want to die on like taking it back to your show so it's your debut hour so that's what you've done in Edinburgh this year your first full one hour show and there's not really anything like that there's loads of brilliant gags in there there's loads of brilliant topics it can go from incest (laughs) all the way to out of context exactly why is is this what you want to talk about who's going to be offended by that unless we have a specific interest in incest (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uncle Bob and Um, from something like that topic to using Taylor Swift as the and you've kind of got this list haven't you so do you want to sort of tell us a little bit about the show and what the premise has been over the past month my show is called Just a Normal Girl Who Enjoys Revenge, uh, which definitely does not sound normal. Um, oh, I think it does. Yeah. I can relate. I can relate. The, the premise of the show is I've put a list together of everyone that's wronged me in the past, and I kind of just spend the hour going through that list. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it's kind of like Taylor Swift is a big theme, and I talk about how she's inspired me in a lyric of hers where she says that she's got a list of people that have wronged her. Yes. It's kind of inspired the show. Are the names genuine names? Uh, no. Oh, no. I no. say that they are in the show, but... Uh, you really, you had me going on that, because I was like, oh my God, truth. I did do some things just for me, so I changed the names, but I changed them to names that were fun for me. Okay. If that makes, that's not going to make any sense. No, There's some little saying. things in the show yeah, that well, I've done like, that... Like, if you know, I, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> what was this about? Nuns. <laughs> Tell me this story about nuns. Um, so it's, a, it's kind of a story that I... Um, 
it's a true story and I, I kind of use it to explain my my poor communication skills when I was younger I was like bullied at school but like in a, in a, in a very mild way like all no, the best people were though weren't they <laughs> yeah yeah no, no one that had a good time in school was thriving yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, I got like notes passed to me in class and like they were mean um, so I told my mum about it and my mum's advice was um, that if it's to keep happening that I should tell the teacher about it so true story I'm, I'm sat there in religious education one day I get past this note it's a particularly cruel note for a kid to receive it says you're an ugly virgin loser <laughs> um, so I um I decided I would take my mum's advice so I did but what I did was I just jumped up strutted to the front of the class with all the confidence in the world but absolutely no context I handed a note that said <laughs> you're an ugly virgin loser to the school nun um, and uh, I didn't even have to modify this for the joke I say this on stage um, that, and it's true when she looked at it she said um what is this? And I said, my mum told me to give it to you. <laughs> With your show, Hannah, so you've made waves, I think it's fair to say, over the past month. Oh, thank you. Um, and obviously being in The Guardian, you've been Radio Scotland, you've, you've done loads of stuff, haven't you, alongside sort of the, the fringe run and in the run-up to the fringe, which is equally very important. But when you strip something back, do you kind of feel the pressure when you sort of end up in the top ten jokes for the Dave TV channel or the Times? Or As in, do I feel the pressure then performing it after those yeah, come so, out? Or, yeah, so yeah. Or the pressure to what you're going to do for the 2023 fringe? Oh, um, I mean, I've barely even acknowledged that there's a month that exists after this one. <laughs> right. Um, no, I haven't really. I, I'm, I'm excited to do it again. I think the the debut was in in some ways the hardest one to like because you're coming in unknown, yeah. trying to yeah. trying to fill up a room and whatnot. So I'm excited to to come back with another show next year. But in terms of like the the day list, it, it's been it, it was really lovely to be included in that. It's been interesting performing that joke since the list came out. Though, yeah, I think yeah. a few people have come to the show for the gag. Yeah, because yeah. they saw me on the list. And it used to be the best joke of the show, and now it's like it gets her like, yeah, we knew you were about to say that, but is it easy to kind of deliver that joke now for anyone who might have not heard it? Sort of like I'm just thinking of anyone listening who might not know the joke. Are you trying to? He wants the he wants the joke. Let's get the joke out. It's me saying that. Basically, the line is, by my age, my parents had a house and my parents had a family. And to be fair to me, so do I, but it is the same house and it's the same family. <laughs> Thank you for laughing, like, right. like, even though you've heard it before. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. This is exactly what I mean. It's a, it's a nice laugh. I, I've laughed more than what Graham did, and he hadn't heard it. So, uh, I, I have yeah. heard it. Do you know what I can honestly say? I, uh, I do a radio show in Liverpool, and uh, that comes out every year, that list. And I picked it off, and I was like, "This is one of the this is one of the best gags at the fringe this year." So I ripped it off, passed it off as my own. No, I didn't. Take. It's mad how many like because it's been like picked up by like Lad Bible and things like yeah. that. And I'm being so like, I've seen it. Yeah, I've been like tagged in things where like and like new like um not news like um, news. <laughs> <laughs> you um, like it that much? Articles and stuff from like across the world where this 
this joke's on the list. That's like the third best gag in the world is technically, well, that's what it was sold to me. Yeah. First be- third best gag on the planet. <laughs> I don't think it is, but thank you. <laughs> I feel like, um, yeah, I've got so much content just out of, like, the response to this show. I love Taylor Swift, but I I kind of intentionally used her as a bit of a device in the show because what I talk about a lot in the show is, because I've only ever worked in male-dominated industries. I grew up playing golf, studied engineering, became an accountant, now I'm a comedian. And so I talk about, like, existing in male-dominated industries and stuff, and, like, the music industry is similar, and she sings a lot about that. Um, And so I kind of, I talk about her in that way throughout the show but like just the I think the kind of and I, I intentionally used her because I think the perception of her and I think her lyrics are so yeah. intelligent and yeah. like she gets really overlooked and she gets so much misogyny and things like that so I, I intentionally kind of used her and then I've had kind of like not to compare myself to Taylor Swift <laughs> but I've then had a similar response of like intentionally in my marketing like I called the show just a normal girl who enjoys revenge and all I'm doing in the poster image is just not smiling and then people kind of come into it being like oh she's going to be petty she's going to be angry and it's just like intentionally kind of juxtaposing that and even still like people who haven't seen the show of like the podcast bros (laughs) Um, like they've had had stuff to say about me being petty and it's like it sounds to me like proven my point exactly and I've got a show out of that too (laughs) what I think we need to address is your accent so born in Aberdeen yes despite how I sound yes sounds like and you make a joke about this big fan of neighbours but what's the story with the Australian accent so born in Aberdeen and then kind of moved all around the world because my dad worked when I was younger so we, we lived in New Zealand, Australia, Brunei for a little bit. And then I went to university in America. So I kind of spent like equal amount of time in each place. So I, like, I think of myself as Scottish. I live here now, born here, but yeah, kind of spent a so big chunk of time in different places. How long have you been back in, in Scotland then? When was, you know, how many years has it been um, since the last move or months? <laughs> um, months, actually. So I, I was in London up until December. Yeah. Only just moved back up to Scotland. But yeah, I've been back in the UK since like 2016. Okay. And what was the reason for all the moves? Uh, my dad's work. I say in the show, yeah. um, I say he's a doctor without borders and I say um, he didn't work for the organisation. He just has a PhD and does not understand boundaries. Um, <laughs> but the truth is he, he, he worked for Shell. Like, <laughs> do you know I was going to say? Does he work for an oil company? Because <laughs> yeah. it sounds like he does. <laughs> I, people didn't like that when no, I said it not on the stage. Moment. <laughs> I, I just left I leave it out <laughs> can I can I ask in terms of like um, so this is this is your first time doing the fringe isn't it it's my first time doing a solo hour a solo I've done, like, okay. a split bill before but so that's proper one yes it's pretty tricky for artists to get the shit together and actually get here and then come here for a month I mean how did you find that because that must I hate to sound like it almost sounds rude are you making money out of this at this stage or are you having to sort of speculate to accumulate it's very much a loss leader at this point for right. me like coming into it I'm currently not signed by that you mean you've not got management at the moment uh, yeah, not, yeah not got an agent and so kind of coming into it in that way there's so many especially this year because we've had time like because of the pandemic yeah. there's so many debut shows there's so many shows over all um, and so it's coming into like a highly competitive environment and to have a fighting chance in that there's so much you have to do outside of the actual show like in terms of your own PR and yeah. terms of like things like that and it's just all of that side of it is hugely expensive um, like I opted to hire PR this year but I didn't get any posters around town or right, anything yeah. because it was like well, I, it was one or the other mm-hmm. 
in terms of what I could afford. Like, you know, some, some people will be coming here with huge financial backing, some people won't. It's like I've had a very successful run, like I've had a lot of like sold out shows, mostly packed rooms, and I'll still be breaking even. Like no one really does it. To, to, to as, a, money, as a yeah, money maker this month you do it to hopefully get opportunities coming out well, the, of it and to be noticed it is like it's a building thing isn't it for two three years down the line it is like a proper sort of business plan isn't it and I think because of the accommodation costs are quite high in Edinburgh at the minute exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, I live in Edinburgh, yeah. um, so I'm doing this from home, so I'm not paying for accommodation. I'm still just be breaking even, so yeah. it's just a nominal expense. And that's having a relatively successful yeah. run. As my first fringe, I've actually found it really brilliant. And for your ticket price was a fiver. Five pounds a see an hour's worth of comedy mm-hmm. with one of the top ten jokes in the world, which, <laughs> as Graham said, that's how it's you know that could be your line it's on the post a fantastic next year. Sell, really, yeah, isn't that, it? Like, that's, maybe that's what you can title it next year. Do you year. want the audience though coming in just to hear a gag? Yeah, and you know, for a fiver with a tiny booking fee on top, for what you get, I think you know it's been brilliant. And other performers, yeah, more established, are charging thirty ticket, give or take. But yeah. I wouldn't maybe say if anyone's listening, I wouldn't let anyone sort of. Dis- courage from this because I do think it's great can I ask if for example I'm not saying I'm going to do this <laughs> but if I or someone listening was thinking I think I'm funny I think I'd really like to go and try that what is the route to get from not being in comedy to smashing it at the fringe um, I think the way that the industry is nowadays there's there's no clear path which is both a good and a bad thing like there's so many people that come up via like podcasts or you know TikTok or whatever these days and it's not always like you know open mics and like yeah it's not it's not the it's not a clear like a few years back it was like a very clear blueprint for how you, you get to live at the Apollo and you you get to like sort of certain stepping stones but now it's it's not so mm. I think the the biggest thing is just start just give it a go do, yeah like I yeah probably absolutely useless advice but, <laughs> but yeah it's I, I, that there's no set any. route yeah yeah and it's it's a good thing in some ways but it's also kind of terrifying and take the plunge and believe in yourself which is mm. what you've done the book with all of the people that have wronged you yes. do you like do you have one have you got it on you um I I actually <laughs> Oh, this is not a joke. I've seen it. It's not. Uh, this is out on stage. It's a little blue book. Let me see. I need one of these. It's a little blue book. It's uh, on A1 paper. Um, it's nice to see you flown British Airways. <laughs> oh, yes, I have. Yeah. Oh, well, my, <laughs> my dad has. It's literally just... Um, <laughs> like, first, first class. Just first got, class. Like, the name. Oh, okay. Like, it's literally... I love it. all it is. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to make that list, are we? Have we been all right today? No, you've been great. Yeah. Thank God for that. Even though we were late setting up. For any other information, hannahfairweather.com. Uh, what's your socials, Hannah? What are you on Insta? Um, it's hannahfairweathercomedy.com. All big um, bottom. All good. Um, and it's <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> it's uh, hannahfairweather on Instagram and hannahfairweather on Twitter. We wish you all the best for the future, for what we'll hold in 2023. Thank you. Uh, so it is summer refresh. This is Johnny and Mr. Graham Smith. We Hello. Are, we are in a cocktail bar in Edinburgh's West End. It's our Fringe special. As we look back over the 2022 Fringe, and we welcome from Science Stories to Grown Ups, Rich and Julia. Hello. 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 Thank you for coming. Just to give you a bit of context, so your show is your hour. You've done about, is it eight shows in total? It's just a part of the free Fringe, isn't it? Well, yeah, so, so I've done about 
eight shows, but they've never been anything like what we're doing. So, so this oh, is the right. first time we've collaborated okay. on this. Um, and so, yeah, it's a totally different thing. I don't know if you want to explain what it is, Julia. <laughs> please, please do. Yeah. Science Stories for Grown Ups is a project that started because we realized there wasn't a lot of science communication for adults, especially, that engages the heart as well as the mind. And so we thought, hey, why don't we use storytelling to yeah. explain science in a way that's not going to bore people to death, um, <laughs> where, you know, they'll feel like they're having fun and they're a bit informed, maybe. Yeah. So you hope that people will, will leave the show and they'll have learned something. That's it, that's it. I like yeah. that. It's almost like science meets theatre. So it's as far away from a lecture as you possibly can get. Okay. Um, we're trying to animate bits of science to make it a bit more accessible, like, you know, molecules speak to each other. Things are like game shows when they shouldn't be game shows. I don't know, the, the, the things along those lines. Yeah. So what kind of comes to my mind is, and I don't know if you guys will remember this, but Brainiac, which used to be on Sky yeah. One, yeah. were all I remember about Brainiac is basically they blow up a microwave. Um, you know, that I think was they did more than just that. Didn't they? <laughs> they blew up, they blew up uh, caravans as well. Didn't uh, yeah, they? caravans, yeah. microwaves. What I thought was brilliant though in Brainiac was, and I've, I actually seen it live because they took Brainiac on tour around various Butlins. Um, oh and God, which Butlins were you at? Butlin, Butlin Skegness, of course, the home of course. Butlins. Uh, obviously, Is that the original else? Butlins. Uh, uh, no, what's the original yeah. Butlins? Where yeah. Billy Butlin was born in Butlins in Skegness. Uh, if you let me finish uh, in Butlins <laughs> is Skegness they um, would do Brainiac live on stage wow and was this one, for the kids this was for the kids yeah my, my, just to put it into context my mate's a children's entertainer and he was there working so we used to always go anyway just put them outside he did blow up a microwave get it <laughs> not so easy to blow up a caravan or that's someone's accommodation gone there <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah the caravan site across the road was slightly nervous when Brainiac rocked up <laughs> but what they did and this was illustrated the effects of gravity I would imagine and g-forces and all the rest of it yeah. they put someone in an office chair and strapped two gigantic fire extinguishers oh. on the left and on the right of the office chair strapped it in and then basically set them off so as it starts to turn and as it starts to rotate the best part of it was obviously you need a volunteer you get someone from the audience to come up all the kids are there going yeah daddy 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 <laughs> well he was as sick as a parrot when he got up there because oh obviously he'd had a little bite to eat not long before a little tiny uh, drink and stuff he just got up and it was like Ooh. you know when you get a brush and you look up and you try and do a twirly bit with the brush <laughs> was sick all the side of the stage oh no kids loved it oh. not so much the Brainiac guys I A remember that because of the farce of what's going on but is it quite easy to kind of strip science back and put it out there so it's simplified hmm. is that the hardest part of the show to do that's the, that's the challenge part right it's, it's been difficult in, in terms of like I suppose the way we wrote the stories was that we always knew that there was like here's a bit of science and here's a sort of metaphor that helps to explain it we've got one that is attempting to explain thermodynamics so kind of the, the way that certain reactions happen and certain reactions don't yeah on the scale of like a water bottle but using a metaphor of Titanic right, <laughs> right. so it's like water molecules falling in love and obeying the, the rules of thermodynamics and the whole love story is built around the Titanic kind of um, does one molecule yeah. sink under the water and one survive uh, in a way in a way spoilers <laughs> <I mean>. oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't want to turn into a giant much. iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was an iceberg feature. There was an ice cube feature. Ice cube feature. <laughs> <laughs> that helps to kind of understand it. I don't want to sound rude. There's sort of the nerdy element to this. Now I've mm. got two friends who I actually text and said I need a little bit of help here. Mm. Uh, one of them suggested I should do the joke and say, why don't we try and cuddle Rich or Julia, hug a chemist and see the reaction. Oh, oh. God, okay. So anyone you know connected with chemistry and see the reaction. Again, it wasn't a great joke. We'll we, cut that one we, will, we will accept any love that comes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they went on your Facebook page and had a little look at mm. the science stories for grown-ups and what have you. One of the questions, I don't know if this is a joke, but it was like, ask them how rainbows are formed. Oh, yeah. So that was one of our stories. Uh, Did you want to explain that story? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, um, actually, just starting from something else a bit. It's about, like, pushing imagination, right? The fact that if you could imagine a dragon, you can imagine a molecule. For the rainbow, the, the metaphor that we used, actually, was yeah, the spectrum of humanity yeah. and the spectrum of sexuality. And the fact that sometimes you realize who you are only when you're put under that pressure yeah. of society. And in the same way, Ray of Light realizes it's a rainbow only when it's put under the pressure of the water molecules around it. That's such a good explanation. <laughs> I was gripped by that. Why couldn't you have taught me? I would have passed. <laughs> Can I ask how you ended up doing this? Do you have like a science background or... We both met at Edinburgh University studying chemistry. Right. Um, but that was... Yeah, Donkey's years yeah, ago. Yeah, like 12 yeah. years ago. Um, so, so we kind of... Um, yeah, maybe didn't speak for a little bit and then kind of rekindled our relationship in the pandemic. And Julie was writing these science stories. We were both kind of like thinking, oh, this is, there's something in this. It was actually a, a book, first of all, but then kind of written down in a story yeah. and that still exists. With my kind of experience doing The Fringe, I thought, I really want to do this on stage, bring these to life. And so that was a kind of a process of it. I work in science communication outside of the festival. So I What's kind of that mean, the, science communication? In, one, of the, one of the other kind of, of many festivals in Edinburgh is the Science Festival. Yeah. So in in April I would be doing science workshops for kids yeah. and shows kind of like bringing science to life for, for that kind of uh, age range but I've never really done anything for adults and that was the challenge so this is like a step up in the complexity of the science yeah. and a different audience How important is because obviously you've got the fringe and the free fringe so your show is it CC Blooms yeah. so just normal fringe venue what is the difference when you incorporate the free fringe outside of the main one obviously you can mm. just you don't book you just turn up to go and see mm. is that kind of like a way just to sort of experiment if you pardon the pun with your sort of material <laughs> to see if there's a, an avenue for charging in effect people to go and watch it the following year well I think there's also an aspect of like openness right this this kind of form of putting science and theatre together it's not really been done before no it hasn't right? it? and so there is the experimentation with the public but there's also the fact that we want people to know that they're kind of welcome to come yeah. and see us and to see this thing that's a bit different because in the end it comes from our passion for science and science communication and the fact that we want to outreach to people in this way. Yeah, yeah. it's a really yeah. good way to do it though, isn't it? You, you're right in saying, I've not heard anybody else do this. Mm. I almost wish this had been done years ago for the same reason Johnny said, chemistry was my worst subject mm. in school because without being brought to life, chemistry can be so dry, mm. can't it? Mm. It can be a really tough one. Yeah. What's kind of interesting for us is that there would have been science communication up to a point, like you go to the science festival as an 11-year-old 
world, whatever. But then once you get to actually studying science at high school, yeah. suddenly all those fun bits disappear in terms of like the engagement of it, and it becomes very much like you're going to take it seriously. You're not going to do it. Formulas. I used to find the uh, it's like really complex maths. That's what mm. put me off yeah. chemistry at school. That's a big thing. Yeah, chemistry I wasn't too bad with. Physics I absolutely hated. Biology wasn't really sort of keen on. You know, yeah. but I guess you've got to really have that passion. But it's also communicating mm. the passion and the knowledge and your ability and stripping it down. Are the people in the like you'll come and see your show. Do you reckon they're trying to test you a little bit? Are they trying to like catch you out with some things? Have you ever have you ever said the wrong kind of theory and someone's got oh, excuse me that's not correct. <laughs> we, we actually did one thing last night from from uh, Dan. Yes. <laughs> but it was a biology thing. Yeah, we have a biologist friend who told us that we used the wrong term for a body part. <laughs> well, no, we can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got it. We, we, we said uh, trachea instead of instead of esophagus. Ah, yeah. I'm worse that again. Yeah, yeah. One you breathe into, that's the trachea. The esophagus you the eat. Eat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you're not that bad at all. That's <laughs> You know, on the slimy uh, biology. I think biology is one that we didn't really get too good at either. Though. <laughs> it was the only one I was any good at. So, yeah. <laughs> so we, we've got a question written down here, and I, I didn't come up with this. It's been suggested that I ask it. What, if any element, would you be and why? And I thought, do you know what? Talking to you, I think you probably do have a favourite element, both of you, don't you? <laughs> uh, Rich, we'll start with you. Oh, goodness me. So um, uh, quick to exist, but then don't actually exist for very long. Tell like, me, tell me one. What they did with their Brainiac back in the day was putting in, I think it was the alkali metal elements where they, they put them in water and they catch fire yeah. and they explode. <laughs> they did like potassium, sodium and everything. But uh, they tried to go further down that list. Brainiac actually faked that experiment when they got to you it here uh, some of the <laughs> some of the, the later ones because it was like the explosion would have been too big and too, or wasn't impressive enough, I can't remember. But there's one of those elements that only exists, it, it's so unstable in air that it actually disappears within about a few seconds. Oh, wow. I think it's called Frank. Frankium or Francium? Is it on the periodic table? It's on the periodic table, yeah. I'll look it up. That's my favourite. Go on, Julia. So I think it would be something like one of... So I'm going to give you a science-y answer now. One of the transition metals. First of all, because they're like quite expensive and, you know, (laughs) worthwhile. But also, (laughs) they're they're good for something called catalysis that makes chemical reactions just more sustainable. What do you mean by sustainable? They don't blow up. It means that you have to use less energy to be able to achieve the same outcome. Right, okay. And that's really important now, right? It so is. So that's why I'm going to give you a science answer. Mine's, mine's uranium. <laughs> uh, not because I'm building some kind of weapon or something like that. No. It's just it was fascinating because it's radioactive. <laughs> I don't even think I could name any kind of chemical. Name element. any oh, chemical. Um, Come on, Johnny. Yes, for God's can. sake, think um, everything's made of elements. Zinc. Zinc's one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What, what, is, what is zinc's thing? <laughs> it's a metal, isn't it? No, on the periodic table. But it's at Z. It's Z. No, is it Z-I? Z-N. Z-N. Zedan, yes. Looking for Nearly. Nearly. Very good. Uh, I only know that because my mate Crofts married his wife, Nikki, and the wedding cake was the period of the table. Oh, um, no cool. way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, don't hang, I hang around highbrow. <laughs> Before we let you go, guys, give us a science fact that will blow our minds. Julia, do you want to go first or do you want to have a think about it? Science fact that will blow your mind. There's different sizes of infinity. God, say that again. Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's different sizes of infinity. Isn't infinity just 
Oh yeah, it would so be, it is, it? You, so Buzz Lightyear is right, infinity, and then you go beyond. And then beyond, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that's, that's how that's how he learned. There's <laughs> a lot of pressure for you to beat that. There is, isn't there? <laughs> okay. I've only got something that's, that's in the head from what we do in the show, which is the just the concept of time slowing down oh, the closer you get towards the speed of light. I find, I just find that like a really weird concept. Yeah. So like if you, if you were to go out and travel near the speed of light for a certain period of time, you would experience less time in the spaceship than you would do on Earth. That you fascinates would, you would me. Younger <laughs> than you would have like done in many ways, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to look into it. Let's ask a question then. Since you talked about time and all that, black holes, right? Is it true that if you're in a black hole, then like all time stops? I think theoretically, yes. Yeah, I think no that, one's ever tried it, so. But that one knows. That's what the equations say. Is it? Maybe, yeah. There's only one way to find out. Johnny! <laughs> to the spaceship. On that note, hey, I've got a science trick of my own, though. Oh, oh no, God. I don't, know is, I don't know if this will work or not. So, can you see here? That's a blank bit of paper, isn't it? But there is a message. I can just about see the message. Oh, I think. Well, that's ruined. Well, no, but I, I think I know what you're going to do. Okay, what do you think I'm going to um, do? I think it's written in lemon juice. Oh, you've absolutely no. got him banged to life. Honestly, here it is. Um, he, he, went, he was so pleased with himself. He was getting that ready as well. So to see the message, what would I do? Is it something? Is it like? Oh, it's set on fire. Set on fire. Well, I'm not going to set, set it on, on fire. fire. Yeah. Apparently, so A4 piece of paper. You can see this here on the camera. A4 piece of paper. There's a secret message here. It's written in lemon juice. If you apply a bit of heat, I've never been so nervous. If you apply a bit of heat underneath it, the message should I have that one should show up. Oh. It's coming. It is coming through now. It's coming through. I'm burning my finger doing it on the lighter. There's a pie at the top. Do we know what, why this You've got high, so can you, I don't can you see, I don't know, it, it, can you, can you see, so high, high, rich, rich, uh, happy, happy, uh, but uh, what is this weekend, uh, this is a guessing game, begins with a B, I'm burning it a bit more, you just got bad handwriting, uh, happy, <laughs> happy, book. that's right, bank holiday, happy bank holiday, happy bank holiday, sorry guys, I can't <laughs> need to write that, I've tried. Does anyone say happy bank holiday? I feel like that's a strange thing. Right? <laughs> I was under pressure. I know, obviously, this is a retrospective look back. But in terms of the show, it's uh, science stories for grown-ups, isn't it? Are you planning on doing anything after the Fringe? We've got uh, ambitions. We have ambitions. <laughs> Dreams, yeah. for sure. Julia lives in Belgium and Brussels, and we kind of want to do maybe oh, a show in Brussels. Okay. okay. In, what, in what language would you do it in there? Flemish probably be still in English in English so let's be trying we, can, yeah. we might be able to throw in a few other languages <laughs> in there maybe make a few metaphors yeah. yeah we'll see if that works <laughs> that out confusion yes yeah. well, we wish you the best of luck and of course if you go to Belgium I will come on stage <laughs> to write something in lemon to write juice. something in Flemish or in English or in my own phlegm <laughs> and set it on fire the free fringe is a huge important part of the festival we look forward to seeing what you'll come up with next year thank or, you very much we'll take the podcast to Belgium for one day. I'm game for that. I am yeah, absolutely okay. game to Bruges for in Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know a place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's geography. That's not science. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Rich, Julia, thank you very much. Thank you, so much. Thank you guys. Love that. Summer refreshed. The Edinburgh Fringe.
Fringe Festival Special. So it is Summer Refresh. This is our Fringe Podcast Special. And we're in the middle of the Cocktail Mafia in the West End. And we are joined remotely because he's in between shows. Mr. MC Hammersmith. Pleasure to be here. How's it going, boys? You well? Yeah, we are really well. Uh, Oh, Smart Water on cue. Thank you, Will. Uh, (laughs) Only the best of mineral water for me. As you can tell, we are on the penultimate day of Fringe, and my voice is on the verge of going. So I must stay hydrated at all times, because I'm a diva. You're right to be a diva, because your show has been absolutely amazing. Now, Will doesn't just do, or MC Hammersmith, doesn't just do one show. You, as an artist, Will, you've got a couple of shows on the go, haven't you? Yeah, quite a few. So I've got my solo show, which is called MC Hammersmith One Man Eight Mile, where I do an hour of improvised hip-hop comedy raps based on suggestions from the audience. I also do a show called Spontaneous Potter, which is an hour of improvised Harry Potter wizardry based on a title suggested by the audience. Uh, previous titles of this fringe have included Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Jazkaban, Harry Potter and the Stone Philosopher, Harry Potter and the Large Egg, and Harry Potter and the Cost of Living Crisis. So it's been a... Uh, I was at the one where it was fully jazzed up. There was even a bit where Gandalf appeared, and I was like, what the fuck, this is the wrong franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you were at the Prisoner of Jazkaban, weren't you? Yeah. And thank you. Uh, I really was. Um, no, mate, it was fantastic. How, are they enjoyable to do then, with not just being a solo performer, with uh, another three people on stage? Ah, yeah, it's so much fun. I mean, I get to do these gigs with my best mates, so it's, yeah, it's the most fun in the world. And we're in a big venue. It sells itself because it's improvised wizardry. And I've been doing that sort of improv scenic improv stage shows for longer than I've been doing improvised raps so to get the chance to do it with my best mates is yeah it's a pleasure and a joy MC Hammersmith it's one man eight mile more than 10.5 million views on TikTok and counting so many fantastic reviews 10 out of 10 reviews one guy the other day said that you manage he laughed so hard his kidney stone come out after the show I read that yeah, yeah. yeah. not yeah. during the show could you work the kidney stone into the routine if it had appeared firing at you some sort of medical emergency I could fold that into the freestyle absolutely <laughs> no subject is off limits absolutely well what I'd like to do for you as you are the supreme MC Hammersmith thank you um, I've, I've prepared a rap to introduce you properly let I me withhold my judgement and I will listen intently yeah, suspend <laughs> judgement I had a quick look yeah. over the notes before here we go are you ready we welcome MC Hammersmith to our podcast his real name is Will <laughs> Look into your face, mid uh, uh, I'll carry on anyway. You start like a bit of a beat for me or something. Okay, you. Just... Okay, I'll go from the top. Oh, thank you. We welcome MC Hammersmith to our podcast. His real name is Will. He's not pregnant. He's deaf on the pill. <laughs> Can I stop you there? Let's stop you there. Yeah. Uh, good shout. Good shout. In, in, in hip hop, it is traditional that the rhyme goes at the end of each line. I like how you're not constrained by those boundaries. Uh, <laughs> You're a maverick. You're free flowing. It's like jazz. Honestly, keep going. I'm loving it. Beat again, please. Yeah. He's a white middle class freestyle rapper who loves to perform. And by joke, he's so posh, you still see he's Garden Law. At a recent gig, I went to see a man chatted about how he needed a pee. We needed more of this story. His name, I think, was Rory. And we went on to say his ass was blown away from a dodgy sausage roll for a few days. It had taken its toll. Don't worry, it's nearly over. So please give it up for MC Hammersmith and his lovely hairstyle quiz. Absolutely exceptional. And now the honest review. I mean, honestly, it is so it is so so rare that I am not the whitest man in the room. It's a genuine pleasure. I mean, 
changing the very nature of the art form with it. I thought it was marvellous, absolutely phenomenal. When you even walk in to see MC Hammersmith perform, you are freestyling from the very off. So what you will do is it'll be, right, come and sit down here. I'm not going to try and do a rap again, but you will sort of direct people in. You'll pick on a few people as a bit of a joke, going, I like your shirt, I like your trousers. So straight from the off, your show is kind of almost over an hour because you're using that five to seven minutes when the door's open to get people in. Does that help you kind of go forward with the hour you're going to do? Or is that like sort of being your own hype man to a degree? Yeah, no, I love it. Um, and, and thank you once again for coming to my gig. Yeah, it's a, it's an improvised rap based on the audience as they come in, based on the things they're wearing, the drinks they've got, where they're sitting. And also, the venue is understaffed, so I need to do crowd control anyway. So it gets me warmed up, and it means that people get to sit in the right seats. And frankly, I feel after this routine, I should be changing my rap name to Usher. Just try to get <laughs> in the right place at the right time it's uh yeah it's a lot of fun definitely gets me warmed up and in the zone for an hour of improvised raps totally I know I'll do eight routines I know what beats that I'll be using and I know roughly what questions I'll ask to get suggestions for these routines but apart from that all the rhymes are improvised the flows improvised the punchlines are improvised it's all different every time yeah sometimes punchlines escape me and just float away from me after the beat has you know run its track and I've not caught up with it but I make mistakes all the time I think I'm just relatively decent at this point, but at uh, at covering the mistakes and then letting the beat come around and landing the punchline, maybe a beat or two after I'd intended. Um, yes, I, I make mistakes constantly. It's just about can you cover it up while also rhyming, calling it out and being funny about it. Um, hopefully I succeed at that when it does happen. It's what I aim to do, if nothing else. Now I am where I am now, able to freestyle for an hour's time. In terms of yeah. favourite artists, so I take it like the hip-hop scene and that kind of R&B element that's obviously just um, you know a hobby that's what you would like to listen to uh, my favourite artists I'd say my favourite rapper of all time is Big L he passed away in 99 he was a phenomenal rapper from Harlem in New York he had very dense punchline heavy raps some of his lyrics include stuff like I'm ready to catch wreck on any cassette deck I'm so ahead of my time my parents haven't met yet so lots of like braggadocious <laughs> grandiose similes like that I also love MC Supernatural and MC Juice two of the greatest freestyle rappers of all time they're wonderful have inspired a lot of the stuff I do currently and one of my favourite living rappers is R.A. the Rugged Man now he's also an incredible rapper from New York I've had a few videos pop off over the pandemic one of which was me rapping fast over a beat by an artist called Smokey Joe and the Kid and they created this beat for R.A. the Rugged Man to rap over originally so I rapped over it it went quite viral on Reddit and TikTok and then R.A. the Rugged Man saw it on Twitter and the day he saw it invited me to rap at his show he was doing live in London and at the time I was actually in Nottingham about to do an improv show I managed to get that show covered and head down to London with only like a couple of hours notice and uh, yeah I freestyle rapped on stage with my rap hero and he was very very nice to me and thankfully it he was well. blown away he was blown away that was how good it was it was phenomenal but thank you for seeing the footage online yeah it definitely went a lot better than I expected I'll put it that way because I ran into the venue and had minutes to spare before giving them my beat and then basically being pushed on stage and he actually said like uh, as he introduced me this guy's got MC Hammersmith he thinks he can freestyle if he's good makes noise if he's bad I'll drag him off the stage myself drop that beat <laughs> didn't have time to introduce myself didn't have time to set the routine up didn't have time to do any of the normal things I would normally do and yeah it was a pressure cooker moment but thankfully I 
managed to just about get through it by the skin of my teeth. I had fun. <laughs> yeah. Are you still in contact with him? You know what? He sent me a few messages afterwards and was like, that was great, the crowd love you. And I was like, thank you so much. And then he was like, I want to put that video on my channel. I was like, ah, you're so nice. So yeah, he's been exceptionally nice to me online. It must be said. Um, and I think I'm now going to go public and call him my new best friend for life. Yes. Uh, <laughs> is that an exclusive? Can we claim that as an exclusive? Yes. Uh, we've yeah. only spoken once since the gig happens, but I presume that means we're best friends and I'll be the best man at his wedding. That's basically what I think so. Yes. Uh, if you need a hype man. Thank you, Johnny. I think with your lyrical ability to rhyme, Will with Pill, I feel like... <laughs> Dragging you on stage next. It's like Biggie or Snoop Dogg. You got that loose flow sort of flavor. It's great. It, it is, absolutely. Yeah, I'll be doing a Just Eat advert at any minute. Um, and also as well, obviously at the Fringe Festival, you do have work in progresses. So I think I can claim that as a work in progress. Totally, totally. Before yeah, yeah, your yeah. Edinburgh debut next year, it must happen. Um, <laughs> so what we're going to do, Well, I'm going to give you... Now, it's up to you here. Obviously, I, we're going to sort of test you out. Now, I don't know if you... We've got a list here uh, of kind of a summary of what's happened in Summary Freshed over the past couple of episodes. Okay, fantastic. So, that in there, are you? so what I'll do, well, I'll give you sort of a summary. It's obviously up to you if you want to write any of this down or use your amazing brain. Will, shut up. Go for it. This is going to be an improvised gangster rap based on the things that have happened in the Summer Refreshed podcast. Uh, Graham and Johnny have let me know a lot of the things that have happened. I'm going to attempt to remember some of them in an improvised rap. Check, check. Yeah, off the top, I've been making it properly. Improvised lyricism with Graham and Johnny. Let me tell you this, I've been busting it best. Here's the things that's happened on Summer Refreshed. Let me grab the microphone and drop some hot bars. Here's the things that happened, yeah, on their podcast. First thing to say, yes, it's so tactical. Graham's had sex, but it has been impractical. That is the point, and you know it's so true. Of course, practical sex is what you have at B&Q. Graham, I've got to say, that is not disgrace but next time you have sex go to home base now let me do it let me demonstrate as some of the ideas just percolate let me grab the microphone and drop a hard verse johnny has made an nft artwork that is so true the crowd we go wild fifty thousand five hundred dollars to raise a child fifty five thousand i will leave you astounded slightly more impressive if i don't mispronounce it now let me tell you i spit with this delirium hasn't made money bitcoin Ethereum. And off the top, yo, I'm a rave buster. We've also had on the show a grave hunter. Yeah, when I'm in it, it is definitely evil. Buster Merrifield and Jeremy Beadle. Yeah, off the top, you know I'm so vital. And of course, the grave of my boy, George Michael. Flipping it off at the tip, this man is my pal. By which, of course, I mean relation expert Val. Yeah, that is right. I spit it so delightfully. Claiming that Johnny, yes, he has anxiety. Ah, when I'm in it, yeah. Yes, it's so true. I grab the microphone with my freestyle crew. We raise up the temperature right here in Edinburgh. So he has anxiety and also dyslexia. Now, let me tell you, spit it so totally. Best mates with Elton John, DJ Fat Tony. He has come on, you know I can check this. We've also, of course, had the Lux Collective. They have been on. Yes, it is a dope thing. Graham offended them. Yes, and their clothing. Why did he do that? It was such a ride. He claimed that her grandma in the 
the clothing had died. Check the way I bust, I'm on another level. And who can forget, yes, the Harry Potter special. Yeah, when I'm in it, I bust it so sweetly. The Harry Potter special featuring Percy Weasley. And actually, yo, I'd be so dope. There's a confessional at the start of every episode. Why did I do that? I'm dropping it hyper. Had to pause not to think, but to swallow my saliva. End of the fringe, I'm guessing truly destroyed. As you can hear in the mic, I'd be losing my voice. But yes, the finer story, I spit it so hotly. It's of course, yo, it references Johnny. Yeah, when I'm in it, I bust with precision. Yes, his friends destroyed the plumbing system. Yes, it wasn't him. Yeah, that was his challenge. Yeah, that's what happened, Johnny. That's definitely what happened. Thank you very much indeed. I think we just got through that without needing any sort of vocal massage. We got that. <laughs> just before you go, tell us yes. about the tour. Um, so you'll get your voice back for a couple of weeks, and then you're taking MC Hammersmith on the road all over the country. Tell us about that, bud. Yes, indeed. So I'm taking MC Hammersmith on tour to Aberdeen, Birmingham, Oxford, Manchester, and London. A big bloody show in London at the end of October at 21 Soho. And all the details of, uh, of that, the one-man freestyle rap show, can be found at MC hammersmith.com or MC Hammersmith on all social media etc etc blah bloody blah <laughs> <laughs> Will stroke MC Hammersmith it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, thank you. it's just thank you. honestly phenomenal and thank you so much for that ladies and gentlemen please give it up for MC Hammersmith it is summer refreshed we're here at Cocktail Mafia in Edinburgh we've welcomed into the bar uh, a collection of actors and puppets. Uh, this is going to be, in the Don't words of Johnny, confused. utter farce. Um, the <laughs> the cast of Avenue Q. Welcome. I don't know who to talk to because so, it's to people's faces or the puppets. It's worth saying. So we've got Shannon and Kate Monster. Yes. We've got Nikki and Lucy the Slut. So they're on the microphones at the minute. Lucy the Slut is a is a puppet. It's not yeah. just. It's I know. An insulting. Well, the actor is just Lucy the Slut. <laughs> <laughs> and then to the right, we've got Ryan who plays Nikki, and we've got Billy who plays Trekkie Monster. They are off the microphone at the minute, but we will bring them in in a second or two. I have been to see Avenue Q. So. I've seen it twice. Now, to give a little bit of background to it, it was a huge musical on Broadway, wasn't it? Played the West End and stuff. Stopped around about 2019. And now, am I right in saying, so does this just kind of get franchised out? Is that sort of what happens? Or have you guys, as part of the Fringe at the Edinburgh Little Theatre, kind of got the okay to do it? It kind of works on rights. So you apply to do it, and then they say yes or no. I think it depends on the year. Some years, more than one team can do it yeah but this year we've been lucky that only we've got to do it I have to say honestly like when I watched it and when I went away from it I thought everyone's performance was that good then I started following Avenue Q on Instagram and that is full credit to you guys because I didn't realise that obviously only when you think these guys haven't posted for years that I was like right okay let's do a bit of research let's peg it back a little bit we get to the little theatre and we get to you guys being sort of at the the fringe if you pardon the pun of your careers as actresses and actresses so just give us a little bit of background so are you guys all collectively in the little theatre? I would say yes this year now yeah. um, so the way it kind of I've been 
part of ELT since 2019 because I did have a new queue back in 2019 as well. They did okay. it back then mm-hmm. and they were supposed to do it in 2020 but they never got the chance to so I was asked to come back this year. Um, but I think apart from that I think the rest of the guys have just this is their first time doing the fringe with ELT. Um, but once you're in like you're invited back to any kind of projects that they do in the future it's not always just fringe projects that they do they have put on shows throughout the year as it's well. an extensive list isn't it it's yeah. worth saying yeah. that it is an yeah, extensive lots, list of lots. lots at the same time as well like even during the fringe they do like I want to say like five or six shows that are just theirs and then they also like expand out, expand to, like, out to other companies. companies and invite them to the venues um, because Nikki and Ryan are both in two shows this year me and me and Billy are lazy we're just doing one but <laughs> they're both in both of them are ELT when you guys are obviously thinking about what to do and you've applied for the rights they give it all the okay you can do have a new queue what's the process from kind of the rehearsal side of it and I guess it might be a little bit different for you Shani if, you, if you've done it before Nikki is this your first time yeah I got asked to do it two weeks before we did the show Whoa, <laughs> had dropped out so I have never used a puppet before in my life <laughs> so whole new experience was definitely interesting do you have to go to classes to do they start like, like do you a little course in how to operate the puppets so on one of the first weeks when I wasn't there they had an expert come in right someone who was it the tour they did um, I don't know because I wasn't there either <laughs> we're the best ones to ask taking it seriously somebody came, in, somebody came in and showed us how we're supposed to hold it and do it yeah and our director Derek is very good at being like you're looking the wrong way made your puppet you're doing it wrong but then you did it right so what, what I love is just like when I, I love puppets right genuinely I think this is so cool and like I got home and I said to my wife I was like I think I'm in love with Kate Monster you know, like, and, and then even the reaction look at her reaction oh, this, oh, this is honestly the best thing I've ever seen and it's just like I'm blushing what the hell's going on but does it just get easy to work the puppet with your vocal movements as well as your hand movements because what I love is when you guys are all interacting on the stage mm-hmm. that naturally like now I will look at Graham and if he kind of moves I might think oh he's going to ask another question here but the puppets are moving at the same time and, and looking and seeing your performances when you're sat and you're kind of if Brian is on stage for the sake of argument and he's obviously taking a little bit of a lead you guys are you're still playing that part yeah. brilliantly well and so is the puppet so I don't really know where to look I'm just I'm, I was honestly in awe at the whole thing I really was I thought you did really well earlier because um, you operated Lucy the Slut he was like yeah. where do you put your hand and I was like Johnny you know where the hand <laughs> you know where the hand Oh, the hand up the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The that's the one. But no, yeah, I was very impressed with how you managed to manipulate. <laughs> I thought you'd call it manipulate the slot. Yeah, <laughs> you could say. In well, time with your mouth. Um, so um, I've got some questions here. So let's go to Kate Monster with this one, okay? Oh, so right. Kate Monster setting up a school for monsters. Is there any sort of plans for a university of monsters? Well, I mean, I don't really think that going to university is a really big deal over in the States because it costs a lot more than just a million dollars to get a degree, you know what I mean? And as Princeton's proven, it doesn't really matter what you get your degree in at the end of the day because you might just end up living in a crappy suburb in New York. (laughs) And how's the relationship with Princeton going? It seemed rocky when I seen you guys the other night. I don't know how much I believe in second chances, but he was going through a kind of difficult time and Lucy can be a little manipulating, so I guess we'll just see. Of all the monsters and all the characters in Avenue Q, <laughs> this is the best thing to have ever done. <laughs> um, and all the characters on Avenue Q, 
how's the relationship with, with Lucy the Slop? Do you want to give a bit of background for those who don't know? Because you, Lucy just turned around then when you said, I mean, she's like, mm-hmm. it, mm, the eyes on Lucy are like, mm. the lippy. <laughs> yeah, the lippy and the eyes. Let's just put it out there. As much as, as nice as you are and the teaching assistant as you are and, and you care a lot for people, you did throw something off the Empire State Building and almost kill her. Yeah, she did. How's it been since? Well, I, that was unintentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and as my lawyers will attest, it was unintentional. It was a mistake. I did not realize she was there, but in the end it worked out okay because now she's, you know, converted. Well, this is, is it. True. Yeah, isn't Lisa dropping the, the surname now? Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to go for now. I need a new surname. Yeah, slot's a bit of a... Doesn't put out a good image. I feel like surname. you should give me my new surname. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, the natural beauty. Uh, the natural. <laughs> Lucy, the natural beauty. Yeah, I'll Lu- take it. Honestly, <laughs> Lu- I'll take it. Lucy, the beauty. Yeah, love that. Ah, oh, see, you can uh, have that. Thanks. Stop it. And obviously, Lucy, there's a nice cocktail bar we're in at the minute. You guys have had a cocktail together, which you know basically means that the friendship is healing, shall we say? Anyone sort of taking you iron here today, Lucy? Um. I don't know. The barman's pretty cute, so mm. we'll see. We'll see what happens later. I've got his number. I've got Andy's number. If you want it, the oh yeah, you know him, don't you? Fabulous. You know him, yeah. I'll let you drop Carrington now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that, guys. Shannon, just in terms of, of your acting and, and actress career, how enjoyable is it to play a part for a month? And, and what sort of next on the? Do you know you'll be doing a Fringe again next year? Um, it's such good fun. Like the Fringe is, is such good fun. It's the most tiring thing you'll probably ever do in your life, but. It's constant and it's non-stop and it yeah. just goes like so, so quickly. Back in 2019, I had the best time when I was doing it. So that's the reason why I came back to do it again this time round. And I hope that I can do the Fringe next year. I've just graduated from um, university and I was doing like an acting degree. And now yeah. I've signed to an agency and my agent is like getting me auditions for different things. My hope is that I'd like to be free to do the Fringe next year. But yeah. I think mm-hmm. when, when you're doing something like acting, it can be very like... You may not even be in the country and you don't know where you're going to be four weeks from now. You might be at home, you might be working in a shop waiting for your next big thing. You don't actually know. Um, But I've put forward that I would like to maybe do some directing next year for EMT in the Fringe if if I was available to do it. I'm available. available. (laughs) Something a bit different, but we'll see. Do you do lots of stuff like this? Are you worried about being typecast as a sort of someone who only works with puppets? Um, No, no. This is is the only time I've ever used puppets. Although it's a good skill to have yeah absolutely it's on my spotlight I'm like I could be a children's performer this is not a children's show absolutely not no I do a lot of musical theatre I yeah. do, do a lot of like singing and I say dancing it's it's not very dancing when it's me because I have two left feet but you know I, I, that's the kind of thing that I would go down I do like panto and things like that so yes and no is the answer to that yeah. question Nikki in terms of like the ambition and stuff what's the next thing on your agenda where's this going to go further down the line do you reckon honestly not a clue so I'm Cindy <laughs> Shannon so I'm trained in theatre so that is the hope to continue to do that yeah. and I would very much like to come back for Fringe next year as well but very much in the same boat where it's just wait and see yeah. it's so unpredictable especially just like after Covid and stuff like you could have a job set for six months I have no idea what you're going to do next so you know in terms of being the fringe being back post Covid and how important it is it'd be nice to, to be in front of an audience every night after not having that for a while it's been amazing yeah, yeah. 
I think we took it for granted maybe back like years ago when you just used to do it all the time because before COVID I would do like four or five shows a year and yeah. it was just I was always doing something and then COVID hit and it was like yeah. oh, nothing at all like there was no so then I started doing like online theatre where I was like making shows over Zoom and, yeah. and it's it was fine but it's not at all it's yeah. not the same it's not the same there's a certain like vibe you get from an audience and an audience makes or breaks a show yeah. like if the audience doesn't respond to what you're trying to put across it's just like oh mm-hmm. okay and these have been like sellout performances as well I believe yeah. you know there's hardly been like trying to get a ticket for it isn't easy so it's a no brainer that yeah. you yeah. guys should come back and do it next year well guys it's been fantastic Shannon Nikki I wish you all the best Kate Monster uh, we'll, we'll chat soon Lucy Deslop give us a call <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys thank cheers, you. cheers. Thank you so, so we've switched um, we've switched puppets essentially and, and actors we've got a Trekkie Monster that's it big porn fan I remember yeah, that yeah I love the porn <laughs> <laughs> I said don't mention that straight away oh because no. it'll set him Get off. Get me excited. <laughs> and I'm quite close to him, so uh, <laughs> I don't want to be covered in anything. <laughs> <laughs> take it out on you. <laughs> We've got um, Ryan and your Nicky, aren't you? Yes. As well. yeah. Okay, cool. So a little bit of background. So yeah, Trekkie Monster is uh, <laughs> a sex pest. <laughs> no! I like watch videos. I don't pester anyone. Don't pester. It's all online. It's all, online. It's all it's legit. All, it's, it's all legit. And uh, Nicky, so sort of you kind of, you've got your friend Rod, haven't you? And the relationship between you guys is, 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 is decent, but the friendship has been a little bit iffy on Avenue Q of late, hasn't it? Just give us a little bit of a reason why, Nicky. So, my buddy Rod, he was a little bit confused. I tried to drop the seat a little bit, try to help him out, try to help him come out to me, but he did not like that one bit. And everybody else told me not to do it. I did it anyway, because... I was an idiot, and now we it, have a rocky relationship. That's it, what's happened. It had uh, it had a few consequences, though, didn't it? Yeah, I was homeless for a very long time. I was right. in and out of multiple apartments, and everybody kept kicking me out. Uh, I now feel a new found love for Rod for putting up with me and all my stuff. I mean, the only advantage over the last two weeks since you've been thrown out is the fact that the bins haven't been collected, so you weren't too hungry, were you, really? I wasn't hungry, but I did smell, and there were rats. <laughs> but but yeah, that is one positive to take away. <laughs> In the small world of Avenue Q. Did you find Rod a boyfriend? Yes, he and yeah. Ricky are very happy together. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I found Ricky on Craigslist. Right, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. <laughs> he does look We've a little bit there. like you, though, doesn't he, as well, Ricky? Ricky? He looks like me. A little bit, is that right? Same hair? No. Do, do we? No, I don't think he looks like Paul. Like I you. thought he was completely different. I just yeah. went for Rod's type. So, Ryan, away from obviously playing Nikki, um, how enjoyable is it? And I know we touched on it with the girls and stuff earlier. To get Avenue Q as a script, I would imagine, is, is brilliant. To get a character. Every character is brilliant. And the, the chemistry on stage is great. Even for those guys who don't actually have a puppet. Yeah. Um, you know, it works brilliantly well. Um, is this your first time using a puppet as well? No, I actually did the show in high High school. No <laughs> way. Oh my god! So, um, what age? I was seventeen. I actually played Nikki. So, um, right. but that was the um, clean version where the internet is for corn. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like, I didn't even know the song "Loud as Hell as You Want" was a thing until this show. <laughs> and I got the script. Oh, wow. I was like, "What's that?" But, um, no, it's it's definitely an enjoyable experience. It's very hard at first because it's a very unnatural. 
position to take yeah. and you constantly when you're on stage you're thinking what do you mean by it's an unnatural position to take <laughs> like having your hand <laughs> no. up a, a puppet's ass. yeah just that, so like right now my, <laughs> my hand is facing out that way and a claw shape where all my fingers are a different way to get him to face directly to yourself you were just so saying before that was that was that right that it, your, your middle finger dictates where yeah, the puppet's your middle head. finger wherever you point your middle finger roughly <laughs> is where the puppet looks right which means you have to bring your elbow in and twist your hand unnaturally further so your hand would rest like that you right. twist it right around and it can hurt a little bit yeah and you get after about an hour of doing the show <laughs> yeah, I'm not so bad because I'm not on so much but like say Kate Monster or Nikki or uh, Princeton they end up really sore and <laughs> getting really tired the gentleman who taught us literally had us counting from 1 to 10 10 times and we were like what the heck this is so sore and tiring and we'd only count to 100 and we're like right this, this puppeteering lark is a lot more difficult than it looks how do you prepare for that then? do you just, just have to get used to it and deal yeah, with it? there is exercises and stretches you can do but you do literally just have to put up with the put up with the, the <laughs> unnatural position and kind of yeah and Trekkie Monster is the cookie monster kind of element yeah. here so he's a bigger puppet is it harder because of you know a bigger puppet in your hands so to speak mm. a bigger one to control I would say I'm lucky I've, I've got it even easier maybe because he's got no body he's yeah. literally like a rug <laughs> they've got a body yeah. which means their hand is more stuck in yeah. an awkward position I can rest mine a little bit and I make him look big by how he walks so he walks slow and big movements yeah yeah they've got a hard body inside there so their arm is stuck in a worse position than mine are they heavier then than, than yours probably right uh, have you not tried the other puppets mine is literally just a we've tried a couple because all the puppets have different like bits in their head for how you support your hand like mine has two little loops and a cushion whereas others just have a big pad that you yeah, slip mine your fingers under like a big so they're all different <laughs> they're all completely different well you obviously get these puppets you'll take them home I mean we feel quite privileged now that they're in the middle of the cocktail mafia for anyone walking past in the window it's like what on earth it's, mad, like. it's an absolute <laughs> yeah. farcical will you take them home and just like literally just have them on the sofa yeah. you know like watching the telly and then if someone else talks moving them would you just yeah, kind of do that yeah in front of the mirror and whatnot, and you would like I would um, my favourite songs I would learn to lip sync to the, my favourite songs or yeah. movies that I knew I would lip sync or especially when the other actors are on stage backstage almost every one of us is doing their lines with the puppet it is always it, you can't help it and then what the bad thing is you've got to make sure when you're on stage you don't do that yeah because you can naturally just fall into just singing Saying everyone song. else's lines yeah <laughs> we were talking uh, a little bit about Rod Hull here oh yeah so to so does, kind of, first, does, does everyone know who Rod Hull is so the no. pink windmill and they had yes. the emu puppet no one else knows who Rod Hall is so oh, I'm a child of the 80s I know exactly yeah I was born yeah. in the 80s as well I'm an 80s kid as well <laughs> so Rod Hall was a guy who was very famous having a puppet the puppet was emu so it was Rod Hall and emu big massive emu bird that was what was going on and he famously attacked Michael Parkinson on a chat show and he fell off the chair and he yeah, used to just like arse around it was vicious wasn't he that was a vicious puppet that it was, was a, very strange in the car yeah. TV show he was a children's puppet it was really nice and it was friendly yeah 
But then when it went on the church show, it'd bite people and wrestle them to the floor. And it was just like, and it was just, and he would show no mercy. And you could see people being quite afraid by this. Also met a bit of an untimely demise. Oh, Sadly, he did. Um, he did. He, he fell off his he fell off his roof whilst he was fixing his TV aerial to watch an England match on Channel Five. Yeah, yeah. Um, Don't laugh. Fixing it, it does sound funny, but it, yeah, he did. we shouldn't laugh. It's a shame. No. Puppets were probably maybe bigger growing up, weren't they? Oh, exactly, you know, like yeah. in the eighties and nineties yeah. stuff. You know, Rainbow. Sesame Street, Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah, Rainbow. There's another like Zippy. Zippy. He was a little like bastard. George from Rainbow looks really like one of the bad idea bears that's in the show. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, the girl bad idea bear. Um, See, they look like Kerbers to me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Care Bears. That's yeah. the idea. Yeah. They're so cute yeah. and cuddly, mm-hmm. and you want to. But they want to make. But they drink. want to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hence the bad idea bears. Going back years, then Billy, with you and and probably acting longer than anybody else. Or oh, did you have like a career? No, I've like been doing it. I've been doing it for about twelve years. Okay. Okay. What okay. did you used to do? Uh, I'm my postman. Oh right. Okay. Um, I do this for. I did it for fun. Where amateur operatics and pantomimes and whatnot yeah and then I just saw this and thought I'd take a chance I love the show I thought I would I saw that it was going to be at the, I was like wow who wouldn't want to work at the fringe and I knew the show was going to be on later at night so I was like yeah I would love to do that has Trekkie Monster ever gone out with you on the post run <laughs> no yeah I think I would get <laughs> in a, quite a bit of trouble the letters for porn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was that I loved about that impression that trying to do it again yeah. give me just say, go on, give me a line and I'll try and do it I'll, I'll line um, only stable investment is porn <laughs> I love the way now I've got to deliver this in the middle of the yeah. bar <laughs> just my apologies <laughs> the only stable investment is porn <laughs> Again, sorry to everyone down there. Uh, this is a very respectable bar. Can I, can I ask Trekkie a question, actually? Go Absolutely. Do you think you've got a bit of a porn addiction? No, it's completely natural. Yeah. It's healthy. No. No, so no addiction? No, not at all. No. I can show you some websites if you like. No, no, I'm okay. Oh, you want to check his cookies? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Cookies, and you also like cookies. And that's not the cookie monster? <laughs> no. Yeah. Worlds are colliding. <laughs> Ryan, in terms of what would be next for you, and obviously we've touched on it there with the amateur dramatic side of it, with the Edinburgh Little Theatre, is that the goal to do more shows and to further the career? And, and how important is a venue like the ELT to the Fringe and to the whole of the city? for the other 11 months when the fringe is not on yeah so I personally next year I do intend to come back to ELT um, because this was my first year it's been a very enjoyable experience and they've been amazing and it's a big thing to produce I think 30 plus shows that they've done it's it's very important because they are giving opportunities to other people to come to Scotland like out with like the UK out with Europe but we have the guys from here that's my wife from America they've came down just for the three and a half weeks to do this show and it's because ELT are producing it for them so it's just um, it's giving a lot of smaller performances and companies opportunities to get involved in the fringe because it is a massive massive thing that is only going to keep getting bigger this year it's been it was a bit of hit or miss like is it going to be popular is it not because of the whole Covid thing but this year we've noticed there's been so much 
walk-ins yeah. coming into the shows and stuff which yeah. is always nice to see people just seeing a poster like yeah let's go for it ELT are really good at the promo as well so there's posters everywhere so yeah it's got a reputation that really it probably doesn't necessarily need that because you've obviously got the heritage of what the show is but being in a, the start of the festival at the end and seeing how popular it is is credit to you guys and if it's on an amateur basis or something which is going to take you guys further down the career as time goes on then you know I wish you I wish you all the best it's been it's been a real oh, pleasure to, you. To, for you oh, to guys you. be here um, I've got one more question for Trekkie though I have produced some NFT artwork recently. Oh, I? this! Uh, yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to flog my NFT artwork. You know, like so, it's basically you can only buy it with crypto. Away from porn, Trekkie, have you ever kind of invested in anything else? Have you ever thought? Do you know what the NFT market might be for you to get the digital artwork? Anything? Ah, uh, do you mean digital NFT porn? Uh, no, 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 just one just, of a kind uh, porn. Uh, not it's, 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 well, one of a kind <laughs> standard artwork. Is there one of a kind porn? I don't know. Absolutely, cameras in all over my house <laughs> send me them links I will oh. on that bombshell on that bombshell <laughs> I think the Avenue Q guys have brought our uh, fringe podcast to an end thank you guys it's been absolutely oh, thank, thank you. you so much for Thanks inviting for us uh, and all the best for uh, for the future thank you guys nice one guys yeah. refreshed the Edinburgh Fringe Festival special